Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And welcome to the Backstage Show. Welcome back to the Backstage Show. This week, we will be discussing whether or not the show must... <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I was looking for go on. <laughs> oh, sorry. All right. Come on now. <laughs> must the show go on? Um, I guess the answer generally is yes. Yeah. Okay, we'll see you next week. Oh, Until that was then, quick. I'm Glenn. Jeez, if all these episodes could be answered in one word. <laughs> We'd probably have a lot more of them. Yeah. 5,000 episodes of the Backstage yes. Show. Welcome to season 100. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess the what default is survivor? answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Practically. Yeah. The, uh, the default answer of must the show go on, of course, is yes. But, I mean, there's a little more to it than just saying the show must always without fail go on yeah i mean it's not realistic maybe we need to pretend that 2020 never happened in the case of in the case of most of this conversation because there have certainly been some extenuating circumstances yeah i mean we can certainly get into that to some minor extent because obviously those are among the extenuating circumstances in which a show would not be going on because as we well know and as we have discussed Right now, shows are, generally speaking, not going on. Yeah, for, with very few exceptions. As a matter of fact, one of the exceptions was a show that I watched a few weeks back, uh, at least from the time that we're recording this. Uh, Forge mm-hmm. Theater did the online version of Clue. Okay. And, and actually, I know uh, Salt just uh, opened a uh, distanced production of Nonsense, I believe, where they have like kind of pods out in the audience to keep the audience separated. Okay. And the nuns are all performing in their own little confession booths. Interesting. Yeah. So there are clever ways around the uh, coronavirus outbreak, but yeah. generally speaking, <laughs> still as a general rule, shows are not going on. Well, the version of Clue, if I may, uh, was mm-hmm. sort of interesting to watch in that it was basically set up as a Zoom meeting. And you had... It almost kind of looked like the Brady Bunch in that you had (laughs) individual actors in their own individual windows popping up on your screen. And when they were in the scene, you could see them. And when they weren't, their screen was blacked out. Uh, But what was particularly cool was the fact of when they were able to pass around props. And, you know, literally one would hand one off camera and then the other actor would pull it into their view in the camera. Oh, cool. All the coordination involved with getting pulling that off was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they probably had to rehearse it the same way that it ultimately got performed, more or less. But I think given the circumstances, maybe there were a couple of technical glitches here and there, which was outside mm-hmm. of their control, I'm sure. But uh, I think it mostly worked pretty well. Very cool. I mean, it's definitely great that some theaters are able to do this. But again, as we were saying, it's it's the exception. It's not the rule. Most theaters have been forced to shut down entirely whether they like it or not so when they've shut down they've kind of made adjustments to whatever they plan whether they're postponing their seasons can canceling their seasons or again like in the case of forge or in the case of salt just trying to 
reconfigure whatever they had planned or, you know, replan it completely differently. Yeah, we talked a bit, I think, several episodes back about some performances happening outdoors. That was mm-hmm. that was doable for a while, at least when there was warmer weather and potentially more light going on. Yeah. Although right now it's actually not that cold yet, but... Uh, it I is dark. <laughs> yeah, it is dark, definitely. So you'd still have to deal with that. But uh, I suspect that at least going into the winter months that that will be uh, less feasible. Yes. So that's, I mean, that's our current situation. We don't want to sit and dwell on that. We've certainly discussed that over the course of like three episodes. Yeah, so yeah. moving on to other so, reasons so that let's pretend uh, show, again that uh, yeah, 2020 never, that never happened. happened. Uh, and yeah. we're thinking back to other reasons that would yes, that, that might dictate the that the show might not go on. So other problems that could occur other than, you know, major pandemics could be uh, an illness in the cast or crew. Other types of illnesses. <laughs> yeah, yes, other types of illnesses that don't spread quite so easily um, um, or are not quite as life-threatening. So, I mean, if it's a minor enough illness, I, I think if an actor has a cold or whatever, most of the time that I've seen, they they just continue. Yeah, just which, go on. which unfortunately might potentially suck for somebody playing opposite them especially as a romantic interest <laughs> yeah i think uh musicals uh also can cause problems they they tend yeah. to spread uh, illnesses yes. around yeah uh covid was no different in that regard certainly but uh hey yeah. come here baby i want to give you a big kiss <laughs> no really i'm fine i I'm don't fine. know what you're talking about <laughs> uh yeah it's just a um, sniffle <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's all sorts of things that I've seen in musicals and, and other, you know, non-musicals where actors have colds and whatnot when they're trying to take care of things and, you know, drinking throat coat backstage or Honey teas cheese. or yeah. uh, lozenges, all sorts yep. of stuff. But they're, you know, Netty that's going to take care of your symptoms. That's not going to take care of the cold so it can still spread through the cast. Right. It, it's more, in the case of the musicals in particular, it's more about the ability to be able to still sing and pull off the show yeah yeah i mean i've never seen something get so bad where they've had to cancel a show due to an actor illness i've seen things where somebody's gotten the flu or whatnot and they've had to temporarily uh recast that role if they're able to yeah but most colds and whatnot haven't really stopped a show generally speaking that's true i do recall at least one show that i saw where i think at the last minute, the stage manager or one of the people in the crew had to step in for a role. And mm-hmm. given the circumstances, I think they had to be on book for that, which you know, it was announced yeah. ahead of time. And I think everybody kind of understood that those were the, that was what was going on. And it wasn't necessarily trying to look poorly on the person filling in the role. It's just they didn't really have time to learn the role or memorize it. So give them a right. break. I mean... That happened with a show that I was in when I uh, was in the God Committee. Either the, I forget if it was the second or third week, we had uh, one of the main actors. I mean, it was an ensemble cast, so I guess one of the main actors is kind of an oxymoron in that case. But uh, one of the actors for the show uh, ended up in the hospital and, I mean, was not able to perform. But that was a case of the show must go on. And the producer stepped into his role. The female producer stepped into the male role uh, (laughs) and was on book for it. And, uh, you know, we, of course, missed the actor who, uh, you know, auditioned and got the role and rehearsed with us and opened the show and everything. But, you know, all things considered, um, 
given the circumstances, I think the producer did a great job, but of course she's all nervous and has to have the book in her hands the whole right. time. So, but that was a case of the show must go on. I cannot remember if I have actually told this story on this podcast, it, but Ooh, it, a new story. It always, well, it, somebody will probably Maybe. go back. Oh, you said that already in episode <laughs> 72 or whatever. Well, but, in episode 72. Sorry. I'm watching you. <laughs> Worst episode ever. <laughs> This goes back to even before I was in high school, uh, I was involved in summer drama theater workshops and we were doing a show, uh, Bluebeard had a wife in one of them and it was a four person Mm -hmm. cast and there were no understudies because it was a drama workshop. It was a theater workshop. So we didn't have understudies. And right before we were supposed to do our one performance of the show, one of the female actors got sick and couldn't go through with it like at the last minute. Mm-hmm. So that I think was in a way a blessing in disguise, not so much that she was bad or anything or wasn't up to it, but just do the fact that the director, the male director had to step in and play the part and drag just made uh, it a hundred. I can't remember if you've told me, if you've just told me this off the air or it was in an episode, I don't remember, but I have heard this story. Know. Well, you can go back through the archives <laughs> and if I already told it, you can delete this part out, but it just made it a hundred times funnier. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. If somebody <laughs> else wants to tell us that we've done it before, we'll yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. we'll go back. We'll edit this episode and re-release it. <laughs> That's right. We'll remaster yeah. it and high definition yes. and special edition <laughs> so, with deleted scenes. So that's it. We already put in the deleted scenes. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, so that's illnesses. Uh, other circumstances that might cause a uh, glitch in the, uh, the the matrix. Something else could be like a, a family emergency of some kind. Yep. Yeah, uh, those can come up. Illness of a relative, death of a relative, mm-hmm. illness or death of a pet, which is a furry relative potentially. Yes. <laughs> or a scaly relative if you're into lizards or fish, or feathery relative <laughs> if you're into birds, but right. uh, still loved one. <laughs> yes. I think or I recall family. at least one case where I don't know if it was he was actually performing a show, but I know of someone who got appendicitis um again i'm not sure if it was performance i don't know if he was acting in it i don't remember the exact circumstances but it was right around the time that a show was about to go on or pretty close and yeah appendicitis struck so that's kind of something Mm -hmm. you can't really wait to deal with was that wait the the actor had that or a family member the person involved in the production like i said i don't remember if he was an actor or had other some other function in the show but other mm-hmm. vital function in the show, but yeah. So that's backtracking to illnesses. I guess, but it was also kind of an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, it's an emergency. Not a family emergency, that's I a guess, personal yes, emergency. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? Maybe he wasn't directly involved with the show. Maybe it was his wife that was. I forget. There you go. Let's just say that. So we'll go with that. And then we're still on topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, with these family emergencies, and, and then this, you know, we're discussing all of these and then trying to determine must the show go on with all of these with a family emergency i have seen i've seen things go both ways i've seen things where somebody's dog dies and they just say i can't do this show anymore and i've also seen circumstances where somebody's parent dies and they still do the show so i think with these family emergencies it's more of a personal decision yeah. and yes the show itself i think Again, this is the same sort of thing with an illness. If you're missing one actor, if you're missing one crew member or whatnot, 
I think the show must still go on and well, you have to either have somebody replace them in the role or somebody stand in. It's a little bit easier with a crew member because you don't see them. So you can as yeah, a little but bit more easily train somebody else to fill the void. It kind of depends. If you're dealing with a complicated uh, set with a lot of props, it's kind of hard to have somebody step in as stage manager. If you're dealing with a complicated light or sound plot, it might be difficult to have somebody come in and run that at the last minute. True. I think as a director, Plus memorization. I think as a director, there may have been at least one occasion where I had to step in to stage manage one performance of a show for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, the big difference, as I was I, I was kind of talking onto you there, the big difference is memorization mm-hmm. with stage manager, with anything else. You can have, you know, a cheat sheet right. with Notes. you pretty much at all times. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, it's a little less pressure. Right. And if you can find somebody who's already familiar with the production to begin with, that makes it a lot easier for them to step in, obviously, mm-hmm. versus pulling somebody in off the street who just has coming in completely cold. <laughs> hey, you. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of the cold and come in and fill in and be our Are, are you wearing black? <laughs> so, and I've already told uh, about this where I had to fill in for an actor in a production, but at least I had three weeks notice. Yeah, I, I actually had a similar thing where I think I came in like a week before tech. So I had like, <laughs> what, two weeks? But it was a role I had already played. Right. So that's helpful. And I also replaced somebody who's, who's uh, when I was directing a show, uh, somebody's pet passed away and they felt that they had a drop out of the show and that was at the beginning of tech. So oh. I brought somebody in at the beginning of tech. So, okay, you know, okay then it's all personal decisions. Oh, I actually, I, I don't remember if I've told this one before, but I, I probably did. <laughs> I've told them all before. <laughs> I've run out of stories. Tell it again. But, uh, injury during rehearsals. One of the actors in a show I was in at Playcrafters got injured playing basketball mm-hmm. <laughs> outside of rehearsals. And, uh, was not going to be completely healed by the time the show opened, so we had to get a replacement. Um, right. And an agreement was made that the replacement would do half the shows and then the recovered original actor would do the other half. There you go. All these things happen, but with those, the show must go on. If we want to like move on and discuss potential situations where the show would not go on, we can turn at least here in the Northeast to weather issues, yes. snow, ice, tornado, <laughs> hurricane, typhoon, uh, tsunami. What else do we get here? I don't think <laughs> we get typhoons or tsunamis in the Western <laughs> Hemisphere, Glenn. Sorry. Technically. Uh, so, yeah, w- with that kind of thing, just for safety reasons, the yeah. show generally would not go on because you have to account for, you know— safety of all these people the cast the crew and most of all of course the audience i think it's probably mostly the audience to be quite honest with you because there have been shows where you know especially if it's not a huge group of people directly involved with the production of the show we're figuring if all those people can get in we're doing it but if yeah but if it's a matter of we really don't think it's safe for the paying audience to get here then we're not going to go through with it I think a lot of that is just people who have been doing theater and are more experienced with it have that sense of the show must go on. So, you know, I'm not going to little bit of, let a little bit of snow stop me. I'm going in there and I'm going to do it. And yeah, you'll get there and then the parking lot won't be plowed and you can't, <laughs> you can't get into the theater and there's ice on the steps and nobody's showing up anyway. So 
in those circumstances, I think the show must not go on. But then it comes down to who's making that decision, who's informing the audience. There's all these questions to answer with that. Yeah, who normally would make that decision, I guess, is the question. I think it's a producer in conjunction with the board, probably. I don't know. I mean, as Probably. a director and an actor, I've never made that call myself. No, I, I, none of the shows that I've, well, certainly not as an actor, but none of the shows that I've directed have I been in the position to have to make the call to cancel a show for those kinds of reasons. Uh, I don't think I have, So, but I'm yeah, not sure, to be honest. I would probably venture to say that, yeah, it's more probably from the producer and the board side. Uh... So, yeah, then... Regardless who makes this, regardless of who makes the decision, then it has to be communicated. Yeah, which which is an issue, and that's also something that I'm not entirely familiar with how that goes on. I mean, they're not going to sit and they're not going to have every phone number of every potential patron. No, so they probably I, have to put a message out on their website, their I, voicemail, and whatnot. And yeah, I think the website's probably the best method because I'm sure that if conditions were such that patrons were uncertain whether the performance is going to happen or not, then the first thing I would probably think of would be to check the website or yeah. if there's a phone number to call the theater and get a, a voicemail recording that says, Hey, we're not doing the show tonight because there's mm. six feet of snow outside. Stay home. I think, I think like uh, 20, 30 years ago when I started doing all of this, I think when people were making reservations, they actually had to leave a phone number. So it might have been back then where they were calling the patrons. I, I, I honestly don't know. No, I can't remember back that far, honestly. But I, I think I think in back this in day and age, days. probably voicemail yeah, and website. a website notification yeah. would be the most practical ways of doing that. Now, for, the, yeah. for the, the cast and the crew, there probably would be a more personalized you know, phone chain or mm -hmm. communication chain to make sure everybody's on the same page with that. But... I think generally that gets discussed ahead of time where, oh, look, the forecast is calling for snow. Yeah. Well, you know, we're hoping we're going to be able to go on, but if not, we're going to give you a call, yada, yada. Right. Yeah. So I guess once you've gotten to a point where you do have to cancel a performance, is it an outright cancel or are you postponing it and trying to reschedule it? And then that that opens a whole can of worms there. With the theater schedule, it may not be feasible to postpone too much. Maybe you could potentially get away with, say, if you had to cancel a show on your first weekend, maybe you could add an extra performance in one of the later weekends, possibly. But mm -hmm. then that might also play into what do your licensing rights allow you to do? Yeah, I know I've seen circumstances where Shows are just selling so well that they add a performance. So I would imagine adding one because you've had to cancel another. You, but I don't know if you'd have to pay for them both, even if you've canceled it. I would think if you don't perform it that they're not going to charge you for it or they'd refund you because you've already paid. I, You know, this is the kind of thing we need, like a treasurer or something on to ask them that sort of hey, thing. Hey, there's an idea. <laughs> yeah. That might but be a future episode. we're remember these questions, though. <laughs> but if it's... If it's a case where maybe it's the last weekend or the last performance, then it's probably much less feasible to reschedule it because mm -hmm. per the normal slate, it may be likely that the next show is about to come in and has to, you got to strike the set and got to build the next set. And there just isn't time to extend, uh, extend the run of an existing show another weekend yeah. or an extra weekend later. 
Yeah, I, I think unless you can cram something into the existing uh, weekends of the show, it's right. usually difficult to add something just because there the schedule conflicts crop up immediately <laughs> because yeah. most community theaters that I've been involved with have their year scheduled pretty tightly. Exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. Set strike is typically going to happen the next day after closing, sometimes the same night of closing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Often the same night. Yeah. So you don't have a lot of wiggle room there. So you just, and it can be kind of sad really, because if, you know, if everybody was really enjoying the show and having a lot of fun with it and the audiences are enjoying it and then mm-hmm. say you got denied your closing night, then that's kind of a letdown. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons that you've got the whole show must go on mentality is that you don't want to be cheated of any of those performances. You've put in all the work, all the rehearsals, and there's just kind of this release with the performances where you're finally like, you know, you finally crested the mountaintop Mm -hmm. and you don't want that, you know, you want to be up on there as long as you can and then kind of ease your way back down. You don't want the mountaintop to just crumble beneath you right i'm sure if you talk to some actors they might express the feeling that you know when the show opened maybe it still took them a couple performances for the show to really gel and get to its full potential and once you finally get to that peak then if you kind of feel like you got gypped of that or denied some performances when once you had reached that level then it kind of sucks Mm mm-hmm I mean, not not to get us too far off topic here, but that's one of the things. There are theaters in our area that only do uh, runs over two weekends. They'll do like six shows over two weekends. Yeah. You know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday sort of thing. Uh, or vice versa. I don't remember which way it goes. But I- I've always felt like that. It's just it's over so quickly that I feel almost like I've been cheated out of something to put in all that work. And then, you know, two weekends and you're you're done. Right. It's almost anticlimactic. <laughs> Yeah, and and to have that planned for additional time and have that pulled away would be, I would be pretty devastated if, if that kind of thing happened for a show I was involved with. Right, I mean, if you only had six performance of, performances of a show and you lost one or two of those, then it would really stink. If you had maybe nine mm-hmm. or ten to begin with, maybe missing yeah. one or two wouldn't be quite I mean, as bad. Imagine if you've got one of those theaters that does a two-week run and you lose your second weekend. You yeah. lose half your performances. Yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, the key takeaways from this is that, you know, yes, I think the default answer is the show must go on, but it's a community theater. This isn't professional. We're not getting paid for this. It's a volunteer organization, so no one is obligated. Yes, I had a circumstance where somebody dropped out during Tech Week when their pet died. Some people might look at that and go that that's not justified, but it's not a matter of justification. It's a matter of what they feel they can do, mm-hmm. and you need to respect that. Fair enough, or don't cast them again. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, that I said, it does. It when you start missing rehearsals or missing, even more important, missing performances due to whatever circumstances there are, it's going to speak to your reliability, particularly if it's the kind of thing that happens frequently for you. If you're dropping out for dubious reasons or questionable reasons, if you're missing a lot of rehearsals for no reason, it's going to speak to your reliability. And while a director is likely to stick with you, at least through the show, because that's the easier way to go, people talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's going to have repercussions on some level. I think there's still maybe a normative expectation of, you know, 
how reliable people are and yeah, how committed they will be to the production. Exactly. And I think because you can never really know how reliable someone is going to be, I think when you're a director, when you're a producer, whatever, when you're the one, quote, in charge, unquote, you should never feel like anybody in your cast or crew is irreplaceable because you never know when you might have to replace them. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because there are hardly any community theater productions that really plan for having understudies, unlike yeah. the professional theater world, because, again, it's volunteer, and who would really want to volunteer to probably not have the chance to do a role, exactly. but, have to, but have, still have to put in all the work. Yeah, I mean, it is a lot of work, and we're all doing this in our spare time. We're not getting paid. We're, we have other jobs, so understudy is not really something that's done in community theater. I'm sure there are places that have done it, but generally not. So you you need to be prepared to know that from your standpoint, from the one where the buck stops, the show must go on barring anything like a weather issue or that kind of thing. The show must go on. So you might have to be the one to step into a role on book. Yeah, that is a possibility, as yeah. I can personally attest to. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I was in that position maybe a couple times I've talked about before. Mm. One I definitely had to do, and at least one other scenario where I thought I might have to step into a role. I mean, that wasn't really because of an emergency. That just was things not quite working as well as I had hoped, but... Mm-hmm. It's goes back to the anything can happen nature of live theater. And I think to some degree, the audiences should understand that as well. Yeah. And I think they do need to know that while they're while I think people need to realize that community theater can be every bit as good as professional theater. It is still community theater. And these are volunteers. And if there are circumstances under which actors or whatever have dropped out have become unavailable you got to understand that nobody is backing them up right and the show must go on if it can that's right yes (laughs) so with these people that that may prove to be unreliable like i was saying before uh you really have to try whether you're a fellow actor whether you're the director whatever you can't judge their decision of whether they feel they need to drop out of the show. Uh, I wrote specifically in our notes, and I'm just going to quote the notes there, with one person's minor inconvenience is another's emergency. Yeah, uh, there's a certain amount of empathy and understanding that has to come into this, certainly. Um, yeah, and I think that's that's true in life. <laughs> <laughs> it's all normative. It comes from the place of understanding, you know, separating maybe a lack of commitment from just understanding one's capabilities and limitations and accepting them. Mm -hmm. And not everybody's uh, capabilities and limitations are the same. And even on top of that, if they're missing rehearsals, if they have to miss performances, they may not even be giving you the full story. Mm -hmm. There may be something that they're not comfortable talking to you about. And that's, that's a reality. That's, that's just who they are. And if you can't accept them for who they are, then you never should have cast them in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> well, in all fairness, you don't always 
if it's somebody you haven't worked with before, you don't yeah, necessarily always know what you're getting into. Yeah, yeah, I'm joking. I mean, there are, there are certainly some people who are just unreliable and are dropping out for, you know, I had to shampoo my dog or whatever. And that's, <laughs> you know, there are excuses. It was Saturday. I was washing my hair. Yeah, but I think uh, my point my is rabbit, if it's my a, pet rabbit hair. <laughs> yes, I, I I think my point is that if it's a if it's a believable reason and not an obvious excuse, then you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah. I think and we then, got a little bit derailed here. But. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and then, and then uh, even with that, I, I guess the uh, the. The bottom line of everything with these shows is, you know, we're talking about must the show go on. Well, must is kind of relative. You you should always try to find a way for the show to go on, if at all possible. But if it's not possible, it's not possible. Just remember the bottom line. People paid to come see you on that particular night. Yeah, so you don't so want to... better entertain them, damn it. <laughs> and hopefully that's what we've done for you, entertained you. So if you were entertained and you'd like to let us know that, you can contact us by visiting our website, podcast.backstage.link, and clicking on Contact the Show. And if you weren't entertained, I'm sorry, we're not giving you your money back. But if you'd like hey, to... I'll give you back every penny you paid. Yeah. If you'd <laughs> like to leave a voicemail or text message, you can also call us at 267-225-8869. Again, that is 267-225-8869. Well, you should be writing a little jingle for that number so people remember it easy. Two six seven two two five eight eight six nine. It needs a little work. <laughs> hey, that was. But if that you do call, oh yeah. So if you do call two six seven two two five eight eight six nine, remember if you leave us a voicemail, we can use it on the show. So we'd love to have some other voices and give people a break from our own. Yes, you're calling maybe recorded for entertainment purposes. Yes. And if you have enjoyed the show and been entertained, please subscribe. If you haven't already, leave us a review. Tell a friend. And also, if you've been entertained enough to want to, you know, wear the backstage show on your person, you can also check out our store and our merchandise. Yes, that is also available on backstage.link. That's right. It's the holiday season. Think about, you know, stocking stuffers and, I don't know, maybe enemies. <laughs> <laughs> Backstage show t-shirts make a wonderful gift. <laughs> Alternatives to coal in the stocking? I don't know. Yeah. So we will probably uh, be off next week, I'm guessing. I don't know. Uh, this is the second of two we're recording in this session, so we got nothing planned after this. But <laughs> we're working we on catch it. up to ourselves. Yeah, if we catch up to ourselves, maybe there'll be something next week, but it'll probably be a week off. And then when we return, it will be something that we don't know yet. Stay tuned. But we won't it, leave you hanging too much for the rest of the yeah. year, at least. Yeah, we're, we're hoping no more than one or maybe two weeks off between episodes and uh, finish out this season. So uh, until we do come back at you with a new episode, I am Glenn. And I'm Jin. Thank you for joining us backstage. Bye-bye. started recording. Uh, I'm not even armed yet. I am dangerous though. <laughs>
backstage, backstage, session. Okay, now I need to open up the uh, file thing. The file thing. Oh, here's word. We word. really like to throw around the technical terms. Yes, we do. Man, I'm, I'm going to be tired tomorrow. <laughs> Must the show go on? Yes. Next. I guess. Two and a half. Welcome maybe. back. Right. Uh, others have just, you know, they, they've, well, not others. Um, sorry, I think Gina was going to bed. Oh, okay. Uh, Good night, Gina. Yeah. Uh, Wait, if I say it loud enough. Good night, Gina. Huh, maybe not. <laughs> sorry. And you're, like, disappearing. I dropped something. Oh. I can't find it. <laughs> and I can't find you. Got it. Because you can never know really how reliable reliable i'm sorry i just got a really wicked leg cramp and also you've been yeah Good night, Gina. Two six seven two two five eight eight six nine.